Welcome to episode 53 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton and joining me is Woody V. How's it going, mate? My main man. Good to be here, as always. Absolutely. Got a very special guest, which we'll introduce in a sec. But just before we get to that, just a reminder where to find us on YouTube and where all podcasts are found. Please make sure you like, rate and subscribe. All right. So today we're absolutely thrilled to have a very special guest joining us. He is the founder of the Astern Warning Basketball website. He worked as a journalist at the 2010 Basketball World Cup in Turkey. He had his own column on the NBL site, as well as running social media for the Sydney Kings, and now remains working in various capacities for both the NBL and NBL One. It is a huge welcome to this week's guest, Mookie Skirali. Thank you, guys. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a long-term listener and watcher, so it's an absolute honour to be here. Great to have you, Mookie. How did I go with the surname there? I nailed that, didn't I? You did. You did. Well done. Nice, nice. Mookie, you were saying he was walking down the hallway into the bathroom and he was he just kept repeat, repeating it. Look, I, it. I woke up in the night last night and as I was walking <laughs> in the bathroom, what? Mookie Skirali. Mookie Skirali. I don't know how that first popped in my mind, but yeah, anyway. Good to, good to have you there, mate. Um, <laughs> all right. So, look, as we always do um, at the start off the show there, Mookie, whoever comes on our show has to show off a bit of a jersey. So who have you got for us this week? Well, being a Blazers fan, I've got uh, the Dame Lillard standard nice. standard version. Um, yeah, big Blazers fan, and uh, I would have loved to have worn my uh, Clyde Drexler, but uh, it's a little bit tight for me at the moment, so I've got it on display behind me. Nice, I'm liking that little bit of a setup behind you there as well. You can see some some books and some old almanacs and stuff like that that we're talking about. As we started recording, and I believe back on the left, you can't quite see now, but it's an Isaac Burton Kings jersey, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Just, uh, it's it's actually uh, the the remake. Oh there. yeah, I think that's what Woody's got uh, one of those ones. Yeah, yeah, I love the colours of that. GC was an exciting player, wasn't he? Oh, he he was he was an absolute favourite of mine. I mean, there've been a few over the years, along with uh, the likes of Mario Donaldson and Leon Trimingham, Ray McLean, but uh, yeah. Ice was uh, amazing alongside Shane Hill. No, definitely. Look, it's always dangerous when I'm heavily outnumbered by Sydney Kings fans, and <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to kick it with you guys uh, tonight. So, well, Woods, why don't you take us away? I can see you wearing a bit of a, a retro-looking jersey. I think I know who that might be. Why don't you stand I up and show everyone that one? So Woody's standing up wearing the, the retro remake, Dwayne D-Mac, sorry, Daryl D-Mac McDonald jersey there. Absolutely. Liking that one there, Woods? I've got yeah, the Chris Gent one the same as that, don't I? Yeah, you do, you do. And I mean, look, what what can I say? From Harlem, New York, DMAC, a.k.a. the Excitement King, battled the tough New York playground courts like Rucker Park, where he went up against three ball legends, and also came up against some future NBA stars like my man's tricky strict, Rod Strickland, guys. Um, and, you know, after going undrafted, he spent some years in the minor leagues in the U.S. before moving uh, to Melbourne. He spent uh, his career with the North Melbourne Giants, Jersey you see, the Victoria Titans, uh, and the Melbourne Tigers, uh, and I'm sure Mookie remembers his very last game at the Entertainment Center when uh, our Kings got toppled in Game Five, right? Uh, I think he was 43 years of age at that time, but he was still contributing, right? Oh man, don't don't, don't tell me about it. I, I'm uh, I try to try to forget many of those scars uh, that the Kings have endured. Yeah, well, I mean that that was a great series, and that was a fitting way to finish off his career, which included three NBL championships, 
Um, he was a three-time All-NBL first-teamer, three-time NBL Good Hands Award. Remember that award, guys, that they used to give out? Um, two-time NBA All-Star, uh, NBL Best Sixth Man in 2004, eight-time steals leader. Um, he served as the head coach of the Melbourne Tigers during the 2010-11 season when Al Westover was sacked. And then again, when Chris Anstey resigned after one game, I think it was 2014-15, sometime around there. Um, he's been involved with coaching um, with the Australian Basketball uh, Development Program with Sedale Treat and Sedale Treat Jr. Um, and then a couple of years ago, he rejoined the Melbourne United staff, won that championship in 21, and he still remains on the staff. So, And, and the kind of contribution and, and service he's done for Australian basketball can't be understated, right? So he seems like that good players coach now, doesn't he? You always see him. He's always sort of the first one over there calming someone down if they're a bit fired up or anything else like that. And he obviously commands a lot of respect there, doesn't he, um, D-Mark? So sure uh, liking that one, Woods. What about your hat you're wearing today? I always know you like to... Kings, man. Kings, man. You're still wearing that after last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll get into that later, man. We'll get into it's that okay, later, man. right? Yeah. All right, nice one. All right, well, look, I'll sort of talk what I'm wearing today. So, look, I thought it was only fitting. I might sort of show off a bit of a Portland jersey. So, like Mookie, I've got a Dame Lillard Rip City jersey hanging up in the background. Um, look, I'll talk about Dame another time. So, I'll save, you know, the stories for him when I'm, I'm sort of rocking in one of his jerseys another time. But the one I wanted to show this week, um, kind of fitting with the name there, but I'll stand up and show you this one first and um, we'll talk a little bit about it. And for the audience who can't see, we have to fight because we have the same jersey. I wanted to wear it, but Robbie had dibs on it first. The Mookie Blaylock Atlanta Hawks, circa mid-90s champion jersey, right? Yeah, shout out to my brother who got me this one in 96, I think it was. He went over there to cover the NBA finals and got this one. He got this one and a Steve Smith one, exactly the same color ones. Um, Steve Smith one was a bigger one, so that actually fits a bit better than this one. But anyway, I had to wear the, the Mookie jersey today. So look, a little bit about Mookie. As I've sort of talked about in this um, show before, definitely one of my favourites that I've ever sort of watched in the NBA. So he played 13 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted by New Jersey at pick 12 in the 89 draft out of Oklahoma, where he was a former college teammate of one of the NBL's best ever players in Ricky Amazing Grace. Um, so Mookie played with the Nets for three seasons before being traded to the mighty Atlanta Hawks, where he had his best years as a pro. Um, after leaving the Hawks, he finished his career with three seasons with the Warriors, which is a bit sort of forgotten about that he sort of ended there. Um, and look, his accolades are NBA All-Star in 94 as a Hawk, a six-time All-Defensive player, two-time NBA Steals leader. Um, of course, most people uh, listening to the show now will remember Blaylock and the Pearl Jam connection there also with the it's band. Nearly, yeah, yeah, nearly calling themselves Mookie Blaylock as they were fans. Um, they also went on to name their debut album uh, 10 after his yeah. uh, jersey yeah. number there. So that was a pretty cool fun fact there. Um, look, post-career, it's been pretty tragic for Mookie, I've got to say. Um, he's battled alcoholism. Um, he had several stints in jail, including three years after a crash that left him in a coma and killed a passenger in the other car. So a sad story to end talking about one of my favourite players and just really hope he gets the, the help that he needs uh, there. A uh, little quick story as well there, Woods. Um, mum was over for dinner last night and I got this jersey out and I said, oh, mum, it's my Mookie jersey. And she laughed and she goes, oh, do you remember you gave me a Mookie card about 30 years ago? And she told me she's always carried it in her purse as a bit of a good luck thing. So she went to a handbag, got her purse out, pulled it out, Mookie Blaylock card still in there. So she's had that since 1992. It was a bit of a sort of a good luck sort of charm there as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Every purse man. she's got, she's transformed it over there. So, so shout out to mum for... Hey, shout out to Mrs. C, there. man. Mrs. C, <laughs> shout out. Right? That's, it. That's it. So look, unfortunately, I don't have any Mookie bobbleheads or figures, but I do have a little Dame bleacher creature there that I'd sort of show in honour of Mookie there. So it's one of the original ones they brought out. 
sort of the generic face there. They've started to look at him over the years, but yeah, in order of Damien, other Dame Lillard. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, in honor of Mookie, you, you, with you're Dame, wearing the jersey honor. in honor of Mookie, man. I get you, right? Well, and Dame in honor of Mookie as well. So it's getting yeah, a little bit sure. confusing now. It's like sure, sort of yeah, Seinfeld, sure. but yeah, you know what I was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, nice one, boys. Well, look, I appreciate going through the jerseys to start things off. So, look, we thought we might have a little bit of a, a chat with our guest Mookie now. And, um, I guess, Mookie, a couple of questions we always uh, like to ask our guests when they come on is, um, firstly, how you got into basketball uh, many years ago. And also, secondly, also tell us about your what led to your love of the Sydney Kings and the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, well, I guess uh, my, my love of basketball started with the Sydney Kings. Uh, so I remember uh, uh, one fateful day in primary school when uh, the blonde-locked Tim Morrissey visited our school and... Uh, and showed us showed us a slam dunk in the playground, and uh, and uh, I was you know very excited to get my uh, my ball signed by him, and uh, that that started me off on on the King's journey in earnest. I mean, I'd already seen a bit of them on on the box at that point, but um, got very into the Kings and uh, started playing basketball not too long after that. In, in the coming years, when I started high school, and yeah, from there, I mean, at that point, the Kings were the only team in Sydney, so. Uh, and they were very exciting days. You know, we had Dwayne McLean and followed, and Kenny McClary followed by the likes of Leon Trimingham, Mario Donaldson, and we mentioned Ice Burden. Uh, so very exciting times. Uh, from there, um, yeah, I, I started to follow the NBA, of course, as everyone did at that time. It was such a peak period for the NBA. And uh, as I'm wanting to do, I, I follow teams that don't do so well. They're a bit more of the underdog. And the very first game I saw of uh, NBA action was uh, Portland versus Boston. And uh, Larry Bird hit this shot where he kind of stepped over the line to shoot a three to, to win the game. Or it may have put it into overtime. I can't remember which, but essentially Portland lost the game on the back of some Larry Bird heroics. And it very much looked like Bird traveled and stepped over the line on the three. And of course I had to go for the team that lost and, uh, Thus started many years of suffering following the Blazers, including uh, watching them losing to Jordan's Bulls and all of the shrug and oh, all of that man. stuff. Oh, I, up again, I guess yeah. our teams have almost had similar journeys, haven't they? Portland and Atlanta over, say, these last 25 years. You know, there's been a couple of conference finals there, but never been able to get any further sort of thing. We've had some good teams, had some good individual players there, but there's, I guess, a few similarities there. There are. I, I think of a, a similar sort of trade. I mean, think about... Yeah, Clyde Drexler was such a, a gun for that that Blazers team during that period, and then we we gave him up for Otis Thorpe in in much the same way as your <laughs> Hawks uh, gave up Neek for Danny Manning at the. <laughs> you had to say, it, didn't you? Had to say. It. <laughs> it's the therapy group. Yeah, that's it. Word. <laughs> uh, appreciate that, Mookie. Well. Look, what I just sort of go into as well, I, I did speak about in that great intro that I gave there. Um, you know, you covered the 2010 uh, Basketball World Cup there. I just wanted to, if you could talk to us how that eventuated and what was that was like to cover? Yeah, I've got a little memento up here from the, the Final Four in Istanbul. That's uh, one of the scarves I got while I was there. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the time I, I was writing uh, my Stern Warning site and uh, got a bit of an interest and got approached out of the blue by Fieber. I thought it must have been a scam at, at that point. And they said, we want to send you for three weeks to Turkey to, to cover the World Championships, as it was called. It wasn't called the World Cup at that point, called the World Championships. And I was like, yep, I'm, I'm in. Where do I sign up? I didn't believe it was happening until I got on the plane. And uh, 
traveled around the four cities in, in Turkey where the games were on, and it, it was a phenomenal tournament. I mean, we had 24 fantastic teams in there, um, and I was writing for uh, the FIBA official app, which was uh, on Nokia, back when Nokia was still a thing. Wow. And uh, we were producing content. There were a small group of us going to games, producing different types of multimedia content, which was a bit of a new thing at that point in 2010. And uh, putting out some content, getting to see some of the greats of basketball. I mean, that tournament, uh, I mean, the, the Australia team, for starters, had the, that was the first time I got to see uh, Paddy Mills in the flesh. I was already a big Paddy Mills fan by that point. And he, uh, that year, joined my Portland Trailblazers, which was all yep. perfect. Um, but the, the Australia had Matty Nielsen, uh, Marich, Brad Newley, Joe Ingles, uh, just to name a few. But the, the tournament, you, you just that gave me an even richer appreciation for international basketball. The tournament, each of those teams, you know, we get that the, that Australian Boomers version of Paddy Mills. Well, every country had their version like that. You know, you had Juan Carlos Navarro for Spain and uh, Jose Barea for Puerto Rico and Haddadi for Iran. And, Amir Haddadi, yeah. Yeah, and Linus Kleitzer for yeah, uh, wow. Lithuania. Yep. Yeah, he I was, think Skola might have led that tournament in scoring, if I remember rightly. Right? You are correct, and I think Kirk Penny was second. Mm. Um, and yeah, Kirk Penny was killing it. Obviously, you had uh, 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 what's his name, Vicona and uh, and Perra Cameron. Perra, PC. Yeah. yeah, he was he was an absolute gun. I mean, just such a unique basketball mm. player. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that, that tournament was filled with great players. Not to mention the likes of Kevin Durant and you know Lamar Odom played well in that. So um, yeah, that, that was really exciting. Getting up close and personal, seeing some of those players right up close, and, and getting to press conferences, things like that. Uh, and you know, it was as I say, being able to see that that passion that comes from countries such as Lithuania, who you know, I kind of consider there's only when I've looked at it. And I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I only think of two countries where basketball is like the number one sport. Yep. Lithuania and the Philippines are the oh. two where they're oh. above all else. And, and the fans, the Lithuanian fans, when they turn up to a tournament, man, they just take over all that red, green, and yellow. It's amazing. Legend Saranis Jakiasevicius would have been playing there towards the end of his career, right? Yeah, Absolutely yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a great team. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, names allowed, and you only see a couple of them in the NBA, but just uh, yeah. as a team, as a unit, phenomenal, the passion. Yeah, well, well moving on, I guess, Mookie, uh, I think a few years later, you, you had your own column for the NBL and you had a little column for the Sydney Kings as well, did some social media work for the Kings. Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what that experience was like and, and how that eventuated? Yeah, so uh, so the NBL column, uh, which was called uh, Mookie's Minute, um, was uh, was good fun. So I, I had a weekly column, which was actually uh, voted. I was the fans' choice, uh, voted in uh, due to the, the following I had with my blog, and um, so I got voted in to, to write this column. And each week, I'd I'd kind of analyze things. I'd look at you know who are the the rising athletic swingmen in the league or different trends I was seeing. And it was just an opportunity for me to really get a broader audience and, and really enjoy it. And um, from there, I, I started um, doing a bit of work uh, with Matt McQuaid, was the media and communications manager at City Kings at that point. And uh, he uh, graciously asked me to, to get involved and, and do uh, some of the social media stuff, help with some uh, website updating and, and write some articles for pre and post game articles for the Kings. And yeah, that gave me a really good taste of being uh, behind the scenes in a 
an organization like the Kings. And uh, that was a real bit of fun, in particular for someone who'd grown up with that real passion for Sydney Kings basketball. That's awesome. Look, Mookie, you mentioned Matt McQuaid there. Of course, he's also a friend of the show there. Um, look, obviously, you're a fellow NBA One commentator. We've had quite a few on the show now. Um, just wanted to ask you how that eventuated. You're obviously a, a commentator in the NBA One East with the Inner West Bulls. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to find out how that eventuated, um, as well as the previous NBL sort of commentating you performed and, and obviously how much you enjoy doing these roles. Yeah, so I've been fortunate enough to ride on the coattails of Matt McQuaid. Uh, I call him the Matt McQuaid. He's such a guru and legend. He just knows so much across the entire gamut of basketball, yeah. um, both here and, and NBA. And um, he's uh, invited me along to, to be a part of, in this case, uh, the Inner West Bulls commentary with NBL One. Prior to that, um, done some Sydney Kings radio with him. Uh, we've done Clutch Radio, Swire FM. So a number of different platforms where we've... Uh, commentated together and me performing the analyst role and I would never attempt to do play-by-play. -play. That's uh, something I admire anyone who can keep their, their mouth running on a play-by-play -play and keep the, the brain and the mouth connected. Uh, I, I like to sit back and just observe and spot some things that I think are worth mentioning. And uh, so, yeah, I do that with the, the Inner West Bulls. I've done that the last couple of seasons and, and will be again next season. So really enjoy it. Great organization. Great to see a, a team like them who are emerging in NBL one coming up uh, from Waratah and, and uh, that NBL1 tournament across the, the different uh, conferences is an amazing uh, phenomenon. It's, it's just uh, great to see that in Australia, building that next level and giving a pathway to people to, to come up to the NBL level. And, you know, the, the likes of um, Will Davo Hickey, who's, who's we're now seeing doing great things in the NBL. Um, yeah, he's, he's been there in in the games that uh, I've been commentating for the Bulls in the past. And you know, there's plenty of players like that. We've seen pr previous NBL players who are on the tail end of their career and emerging ones, not to mention some fantastic imports too. Yeah. Oh, well said, Mookie. And obviously there's a few more teams that are going to be in the NBL one East next season. So I yeah, we're be looking forward to that. Yeah, Hornsby's in it. So I know yeah. they wanted to get in that inaugural year. They're back this year. And there's a like a Sydney Centre of Excellence team as well, I believe. So that'll be a few more games for both of us to call, which will be good. So no, looking forward to that. Um, I've told that little story about Matt McQuaid before on the show, haven't I, Woods? Um, when I started doing the commentary last year, I... Well, I better check out some of the competition. So I put on one of the other team's games. Like, I won't mention that that team, but I was listening to it. One of the worst commentators I've ever heard. I'm like, oh, how good is this? I'm just going to kill it on this. And then plug in that night. Oh, there's an inner West game. Put it on. And Matt McQuaid's commentating. like, man, I've got a lot of work to do. So, you know, obviously reached out to him. He was so gracious with his time. And obviously, you know, has become, you know, a friend of the show and someone that we're you know, very fond of as well. So, no, that's great hearing those stories there, Mookie. And, yeah, certainly looking forward to, to seeing you, um, Behind the behind the mic again next season. I think it starts a bit earlier as well, doesn't it? I think it starts in um, in early March this year. It's about a month earlier than last year with the extra games. I believe so. Um, yeah, and hopefully we, then we won't get that crossover between NBL and NBL One where we lose the, the star players as we hit to the hit finals. Yeah, that was a bit poor, wasn't it? No, good stuff. All right. Well, look, we might sort of go into a little bit of a few quick hits now, boys. What do you reckon? Um, Thought we might maybe start off with some NBA this week. Um, yeah, Woods, I know we've been talking a little bit about Ben Simmons. Um, obviously, you mentioned there was a bit of a, a recent resurgence from him, which has been good. I think he might have come down with a little bit of an injury today, but I wanted to see what um, both of you boys' thoughts were on the way Simmons has been these last few weeks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I've been on a, a roller coaster with Ben Simmons, and um, I'm one of those people who because I'm very passionate about the Australian boomers. I've been disappointed in the way he, uh, you know, he 
had you know, allegedly treated the boomers in, in the interactions there. And uh, so I went from being a big fan of his to being disappointed in him to then, you know, enjoying seeing him doing well at the NBA level. Um, but I, I'm really barracking for him to do well. And so I'm really excited to see how he's done lately that he's, he's clearly has, has been struggling with a lot of psychological or, or confidence issues, let's say. And uh, it's, Basketball is a confidence game. For all of us who've played it, we know you can just have that right confidence and the right teammates around you, and suddenly the, the hoop feels. We know he's got that entire package. So uh, if we can see him continue with that, it'd be great, you know, just to, to keep on, keep the rhythm going and get some of those uh, triple-double type numbers together. Yeah, and just thanks, Mookie. And further to Mookie's point, actually, like he is starting to show that kind of form that he showed previously. It's really nice to see him commit to actually wanting to go to the Olympics in a couple of years and and change his mindset. Um, so he's at twelve points, seven rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals, one block, shooting seventy five percent from the field. Just some stats over the last two weeks, right? Mm. These are some extremely, you know. Great numbers for, for anyone playing fantasy, 59th in, in, in value over the last two weeks. So uh, for the guy to step up and, and put, put some of the kind of numbers he had on, on, on Philly previously, uh, it, it really bodes well for the future. You can see a bit of a change in his attitude, as, as Mookie alluded to. And I think a big part of um, what's helped him is having his Australian teammate, Paddy Mills, there with him. Paddy Mills hasn't been playing much. You know, he's, he's, or he's, not at all in today's case, right? Or, or getting DNP CDs. But I, I guess what we don't see, and I'm sure that um, is happening off the court, is the kind of positive influence a guy like that would be having on him. So, um, yeah, just want to see him go strength to strength and, and, and really happy to see uh, him back on the floor playing after extended time um, out of the game. Yeah. Definitely. And hopefully that little injury picked up today wasn't anything too big. We haven't sort of heard anything at this stage, have we? I should say we're recording on Tuesday the 29th of November. Knee, knee so soreness. Just knee soreness. Knee soreness. Okay. okay hopefully it's right. nothing yeah. too much more major than that. But all right. Well, look, the next thing I want to talk about, I did give you boys some homework, didn't I? So we thought, you know, remarkably enough, we're already a quarter of the way through the season, which seems to have just flown by. So I sort of gave you guys a bit of a mission to say who your quarter season MVP might be. So Woods, why don't you take us away? Who, who are you naming for your quarter season MVP? All right, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. I know Matt McQuaid would like that, but the Celtics are 17-4. and four. He's putting up 30.5 points per game, eight rebounds, five assists, shooting 48% from the field. I mean, his team's got an amazing record. He's putting up gaudy numbers. Um, and, and, you know, that's probably a bit left field, you know. I don't know if other people would think that, but just, I was just doing a bit of... He gave me homework, you know, my teacher gave me some homework, so I had to go do do it and research properly and come 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 back with an answer, Mr. Clayton. So I did, well, I can, yeah. I can tell you, your teacher's quite impressed, Woods, because I actually had the same name as well there. Okay, um, all right. Nice. Look, I'll echo the things you said about him. Also, a couple of other things I noticed. All these percentages are up across the board. His defensive numbers have really improved from last year. I think he's actually averaging double the block numbers he was last season as well. So he's like 1.3 blocks a game or something, which is pretty impressive. So... Yeah, I think obviously you've got to take in the, the team record to consideration. Otherwise, it's probably the only thing that might have impacted Luca a little bit. Um, look, I think guys like you know Devin Booker, obviously Greek Freak are, are right up there as well. But yeah, I'm going to say Jason Tatum. And of course, it's only you know, 20 games in, so we've definitely got the right to you know change picks there. But what about yourself, Mookie? You got someone different to Jason Tatum? Yeah, I'm going to have to be controversial and dis disagree with you guys. Uh... It's not going to be Jeremy Grant or someone, is it? Or... He's been amazing. What do you mean? He has been. He has been. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really looked at this from the perspective of, okay, 
top guys in the league, who are the most impactful, and also, yeah, who are on teams that are that are doing really well. And then the third thing to try and be a tiebreaker between a lot of the players concerned, and, and I looked at uh, Tatum, yeah. and and I see, okay, what is that X factor, which is that they are irreplaceable. So if they leave the team, the, the big impact, the big hole they leave, and I just see that Jalen Brown is, is quite close to... Tatum in terms of impact on the Celtics. So so that discounted him for me in, in a very tight battle. Um, the other guys then in the race, and I looked at, it's, it's quite boring to say, the last couple of MVPs, yep. Jokic and uh, this guy. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, yeah. Good call. Good call. So, I mean, you take Giannis out of that lineup and – there's there's no one that compares to him and that it's daylight second in terms of impact on that team, um, which is a similar situation for Jokic. You look at the other contenders, uh, Booker is up there, but Booker doesn't have as well-rounded a game as, as those other guys. And Luke is the other guy who all other things considered, I would have put Luca first and I'm a huge Luca fan. Uh, but I just think um, in Luca's case, the, the Mavericks are just not doing well enough. And we're seeing a real, uh, that real issue that, that, Slovenia has uh, where once he gets tired, um, it's it's just really hard for his team to to keep on battling because they just exhaust him because of the way he plays. It's so intensive. Uh, good stuff. Well, appreciate those answers there, boys. I'm you know, glad we sort of got a couple of, you know, well, a different one in the end. There you got something hey, else hey, to Robbie, say. Yeah, I just had yeah, something yeah. to say. I was going to say Chris Middleton's been out the whole year, right, which even magnifies, you know, what Giannis has been doing even more. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, look, I thought we might finish off just a little NBA um, talk here with a, a quick Hawks report there, Wood. So I know you've been a little bit concerned with our play of late, so talk to us what you're feeling about the Hawks at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, it hasn't been great. I mean, today we were leading by, what, 16 points? And as much as 16 points, if I'm not mistaken, we lost to Philly. Um Mookie pointed out to me yesterday that that was our first game where we'd scored on 140 games, Mookie, right? Against Miami yesterday. Against Miami. Yeah. 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 And that was an under. under it was Miami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the undermanned Miami team as well. Jimmy Butler's out, and I don't know who else is out. A few other guys are out. And, and then we lost to the Rockets. I mean, come on, man. Like, um, I, I just think that after such a great start to the season, uh, now we're sitting at 11 10, 8th in the East. Um, and we're finding ways to lose games, Robbie. So, you know, that's what I think. We seem to lose a lot of close games, don't we? Like, even the games we sort of won this year, that you know, they've gone right down to the end. We had that overtime game against Toronto last weekend. You're right, the Houston game, you know, had two-point guards scoring, you know, what was it, 80-something combined points and still yeah. losing. Yeah, today, it was a disappointing game today. That would have been a good, a good win on the road there. Um, but... Yeah, look, I think Orlando in the next game. Certainly not massive panic stations yet, but I just don't think this team's going to change a whole lot from here. We, I don't know. The, the trade rumours of John Collins seem to have come and gone very quickly there. So maybe a few more losses like this might make him, you know, shake up a, a few things there. Um, how about Clint Capella missing about three games with dental issues, by the way? What's yeah. going on with that? <laughs> you speak about Clint Capella. He's found his groove again, right? And when he's not playing, you know, we, we're finding that we're struggling a little bit and, 
you know what's going on with Bogey, man? You you heard what, what, what what's up there? Yeah, what apparently you know? McMillan came out yesterday and saying there's still no time uh, table there for him. So he's gone mm. from sort of looking good and working out. So obviously he had off season knee injury, but yeah, it seems to have been been dragging on a little bit more there, hasn't it? So look, you know, shout out to AJ Griffin still playing really well, but yeah, it feels like someone else has sort of got to got to step up a little bit. Like I think the point guards are, are both playing well. There's probably not a, a lot else they could do there, but it just feels like we need something a little bit more from someone else. But Anyway, look, a quarter of the way into the season, you know, they're catching up to the 50% record now, and we've certainly slid down the, the you know, the table in the East there, but not total panic stations yet, but look, we'll report back next week and see if we've still got some concerns there. All right, well, just to finish up the quick hits, obviously there's no um, WNBL last weekend, so I don't think we're missing that. There was just obviously no sort of games to talk about there, so we'll give, we'll give that a miss this week and get back onto it next week, but just wanted to finish off with a little quick talk on the Brisbane Bullets there. Um, obviously some some big changes in the, the front office and, you know, the coaching staff late last week. Um, wanted to see what you boys thought. So that maybe I'll start with yourself, Mookie. What were your thoughts on those moves that Brisbane made, obviously with the, you know, the coach and the, the general manager both changing there? Yeah, I think there's, there's a, a bit of lack of patience. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Duncan have a longer opportunity to sit in the role and work with the roster. I mean, you got to remember the key guys there on the team are all coming back from absences from basketball in general. Oh. Aaron Baines, you know, we know the, the journey he's had and, and you know, Sobey's still working his way back into um, form. I think it was it was always a roster that needed some time to try and gel together. There's still that question mark as to do you blame the coach for potentially um, a roster construction that wasn't the best? We've had feels like the age-old question of will we get a point guard import alongside Nathan Sobey that hasn't happened since uh, back in the, the Handel Randall days. And, uh, you know, Remember when Sobey first blew onto the scene in Adelaide, that dynamic, fast pace was alongside Randall. And, you know, as much as, you know, maybe he's not the ideal guy, but it just shows that if you have someone who's a, a dynamic, fast-paced ball handler, what they can do for Nathan Sobey. I think just in general, it would have been nice to give a bit more time for the team to to uh, gel together. And I think there's a, a potential here with the offshore um ownership group where there's people with just a bit of impatience who are maybe not as close to the the scene who just said yeah it doesn't look like it's working on paper let's let's cut and and make a move when that wasn't necessarily the issue and meanwhile it doesn't immediately appear that they have a candidate to, to step in and Sam McKinnon in the role you know that how long is that for we don't know it's it just seems a bit mishandled well said. And Woods, I'll ask you your opinion as well. Also wanted to see your thoughts, Woods. Why would they have got rid of Devondrick Walker like they did without yeah, a ready-made right. replacement? That makes no sense to me. Surely you just like, unless he was like a you know a bad you know person in the locker room, which I've certainly never heard from him, why would you not at least kept him around? Still got a solid player there. Fair enough, you might find someone else, but didn't quite see the urgency with that. But yeah, obviously, some real good points that Moogie said there. Woods, you got anything to, to add to that? Yeah, look, when you told me, when you gave us, gave me this question before the episode, I've got in my notes, why did they let go of Walker if they were not going to replace him right away, right? And the yeah. thing is, now you've let go of the coach, you, you've only got one import, right? Really, I mean, that's it, yeah. They've only got mm. the one import, right, at the yeah. moment, and um, in, in Tyler Johnson. And, like, you know, I, look, I don't think James Duncan was the right fit for this team, but I also agree with Mookie. If you were going to run with him at the start of the season... Give him some time with this roster. 
the age-old question, you know, the point guard. I mean, Matt Huff, Matt McQuaid harps on about it. Mookie's just mentioned it. I've been saying it for ages, right? You need someone to get these guys in their offensive sets. Maybe find Bain some post touches, which he's not getting this year. Put a Shannon Scott on that team, you know. You, you put a Derek Walton Jr. on that team, a floor general, you know, who's going to get get these guys into offensive sets properly. And this team, you know, you'll see a difference in this team. So I don't understand why the stubbornness there of going with, you know, Jason Kiddy and Sobi, the one, Tyler John. None of these guys, uh, guys are natural uh, floor generals. So that's... I, I really I feel sorry for for likes of Baines coming back to resume his um, professional career, but I think they're going to be second last this year. If you guys disagree with me, let me no, know. I think that's yeah. a good call. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of what I call the new coach theory as well. When the first game after a new coach comes in, but it was certainly a little bit off on that game on the weekend. I mean, well, Sam McKinnon, Brisbane, yeah, coming from well, the Brisbane, front office, Brisbane had no bigs yeah. though, did they in that game? Yeah. You know, Baines and obviously Harrison were both. Harrison there. Yeah, but it's an interesting one for McKinnon. It's like. What's the, the plan there? You know, if they win a few, is he going to try and hang around? Yeah. Is this just a stopgap measure? I guess no one sort of seems to really know yet. But, yeah, I'd like to see them at least get that second import and get some talent on the floor. Sure. But, yeah, very strange that they obviously got rid of Walker early. And a bit of a strange decision to not stick with Duncan, but we'll obviously watch the space with them. But, sure. All right, boys, I appreciate that. Well, look, let's get into some NBL. Um, we might start off with a little bit of a round eight um, review and then do a, a quick round nine preview there. So, look, as we do at the start of this segment each week, I'd like to obviously just ask you guys just to give a couple of thoughts and maybe things that stood out in that in last week's game. So who wants to start us off with that? Well, uh, I mean, just, just going back to last night, the Kings versus uh, Cairns, it was a highly anticipated match. We, we know that... Uh, Sydney had already dropped one to Cairns um, and Cairns have been a revelation. I mean, uh, along with New Zealand, those two teams, absolute revelations this season. And uh, Sydney have clearly got a, an issue there in trying to contain them. There. And it, it was a phenomenal matchup. It was, it was a bit of a, a belt out both sides. It wasn't a pretty match. Low shooting percentages, a lot of free throws and... Having Xavier Cooks back was fantastic to see. Um, so that was the, the big highlight of the round for me, I guess, initially along uh, with, with seeing uh, Cairns and, and New Zealand actually battling it out, which uh, yeah, uh, I know, uh, Woods, you've got some things, some thoughts on that. Um, so I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a great series this year. And just to see Cairns win that series 2-1 Mooks has been Insane, right? And I love the byplay on Twitter. Like, you know, Keanu coming out and saying, yeah, no, they can't. Nobody can stop me. <laughs> Nobody it. could stop him, Wasn't man. Wrong, was it? Yeah. 30 and 13. Like, first guy since Martin Catalini to get 30 and 10 at a home game for Cairns. Right? That's going back a while. And yeah. I've been a big supporter of his for a very, very long time. I love the way he plays and his energy. And, you know, he's... We were talking offline earlier. Maybe you tell the audience a little bit about what you noticed about him and his, his able to put the ability to put the ball on the floor nowadays, Robbie, right? Yeah, I was sort of noticing just he's really improved his ball handling, hasn't he? He's got that thing where he sort of dribbles along at one speed and then he'll cross over and just go to this get this extra gear of speed there and get round people. So he clearly did not have that in his game a couple of seasons ago, did he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, great ball handling and the, the spin, the spin move. Um, yeah. He's, just so, he's so quick and athletic compared to the other comparable bigs who don't have that speed and athleticism. He just blows by. I'm glad we got a close game, you know, even though it wasn't the prettiest game last night because I thought it was a pretty ordinary round in general. Those Sunday games Terrible. are pretty tough to watch. My Wildcats were awful. Well, let's 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 quickly touch night. on that, man. They've, they've lost every single rebound count for the whole season. Okay, I think they, they drew one or two, right? Uh, you know, a guy like Majuk Majuk, 
sitting on the bench there playing limited minutes. He comes on for a few minutes. I think Pete Hooley was saying it the other day. He grabbed three rebounds in about three or four minutes. And then they subbed him out. I think John Rulli's got to get, get some of these like guys who play hard. You know, um, Who's the other guy? Oliver, what's his name? Hayes Brown. Hayes yeah. Brown, get him in there. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like I'm running out of like you know yeah. positive things to say about him at the moment. You know, yeah, just plummeting down the ladder now. I don't know what what they can do. The Wildcats, you know, they are a bit of a stubborn organisation, and fair enough. We've had you know a lot of success over the years, but it feels like we just need to try something at the moment, yeah. right? So whether it's starting Majuk, whether it's trying to make the starting five a little bit younger, maybe bringing Blanchfield and and um, Norton off the bench, a bit more Zernich. I'm not quite sure, but something's got to give. Or this season's going to really start to get out of hand. Um, Still not totally convinced on the import pairing. We know Manic's been a little bit better. Um, I think Thomas is good, but I still think he's quite a level down, uh, below some of the bigs in the league at the moment. You know, you look at the, you know, Williams for Southeast Melbourne and some of these other big guys that are running around, he's just a level below those guys, isn't he? Um, one thing I wanted to touch on just before we go on to the, the preview of yeah. Round Nine Woods, um, I know we spoke a little bit offline today about um, DJ Vasiljevic for the Kings there. Um, I was saying to you, look, I can probably say it, obviously, because I'm not a Kings fan. I'm not sure whether you guys will totally agree, but I think he's been really disappointing this year. I was probably expecting him to take a bit of a step up after the Summer League. You know, we've seen him kill it in NBL 1. We've seen him playing for the Boomers and that. But, you know, at the moment, he's shooting about 35% from the floor. He's averaging one and a half assists a game, which for someone that gets the ball in his hands is a bit concerning there. But what are both of you guys' sort of thoughts on him? Do you think he can turn it around or do you think he's just in a bit of a slump? What's going on with him? I think he he has a, a dead set role, and that is green light. Uh, mm. We we saw him uh, during the NBL offseason, what he was uh, capable of doing with that elite confidence he has. And he's a guy since the get-go, since his college days coming into the NBL, he already had that elite confidence. And I think it's it's just a matter of time before he starts making those shots. He is all about taking the shot. He's extremely undersized compared to other guys, but plays above his size just due to his confidence. And the underrated thing about him is his footwork. He, he has remarkable footwork to get himself, create space for a guy who doesn't have great length or, or anything like that. Um, the the point about the assists, yeah, good point. I think that's just a, a factor of his, his mindset is dead set. I am shooting it every time. You know, John Starks, Nick Anderson, D. Scott, it uh, doesn't matter if I missed, if I go on three of 21, I'm taking the next one. And that's what the Kings want of him. Uh, yeah. The rest of the team is quite a team atmosphere in terms of ball movement. And, and he's the one gun who they say, yeah, just take that shot. Do you think he could maybe be better suited to a six-man role? I know Woods, we sort of discussed it earlier. I mean, obviously, he's a high-pedigree player. Yeah. You know, as we mentioned, NBA Summer Leagues, Boomers yeah. player and that. But is he too good for the bench for the Kings? Or how do you think that would work? No, not at all. I mean, I, Matt McQuaid actually sent me a text today. DJ's in a slump, no question. Zeros from 16 from three, his past two games. So yeah. let's just change it up a little bit. Let's let's move Bruce into the starting mm-hmm. lineup. You know, he's a very steady player and he can bring some stability to that starting lineup. And then let let DJ go up against some second units and yeah. and and just change it up a little bit. He's still play right? play some minutes, and you know his game is suited to coming off that six man role. So I think just change it up a little bit. Let him come off the bench. He'll the only, yeah, yeah. The only issue I have with that is um, you look at uh, Derek Walton started in an absolute blaze of fire, but hasn't been shooting as well lately. No. And Justin Simon is not a gunner at all. Um, so he, he's a guy who needs to get to the cup, um, yeah. and then. Xavier Cooks, yeah, yeah. He, he's more of a guy who goes to the basket too. So suddenly you've got basically Tim Suarez on the, the perimeter, 
But what DJ does, because he can stand at 40, 45 feet and they still have to honour him and guard him, it creates that space for those drivers. Yeah, certainly not panic stations for the Sydney Kings, aren't they? What are they still third on the ladder now? Second? Second. Second. So, yeah, I mean, it's a much better position than my wife sitting in seventh. So, yeah. All right, good stuff. Well, look, let's get into a bit of a preview. Woods, why don't you put those games up and maybe talk us through the, the games for round nine? So, I believe we've got um, eight games over five days. So, quite a, a packed round this round. And we're kicking off with a, a double header on Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Let's, let's throw to Mookie that first game New Zealand, Southeast Melbourne. Yeah, what this is one. This is a great one. I mean, yeah. Southeast Melbourne sitting fourth on the ladder, New Zealand sitting first, and both have, have shown themselves to be very deep rosters, a great amount of talent. Um, Southeast Melbourne, arguably the deepest in the league. I don't know. I mean, they, they've, they've got four or five guys who could hit 20 on any given night and, and you wouldn't blink. Uh, then New Zealand just seems to have this amazing camaraderie around them. We've seen that with comparison to a few years back when uh, when New Zealand had so many woes in terms of chemistry and off-court issues, and now they've transitioned after that COVID period to being this team of happy-go-lucky, tight-knit group. Uh, that one I'm really looking forward to. I, I, I really can't call it, but I guess uh, the home court would have to give it to New Zealand. Nice. No, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with New Zealand as well. All right, next one, Robbie. Your Perth Wildcats, surely they can go into, into <laughs> Brisbane and, and uh, take care of business there, you know? Tell you what, this could be one of those ones if the Wildcats drop this one, there might, you know, really start to be some panic stations there. I know they've won a couple in a row before sort of losing the last one there, but yeah, going against an underman Brisbane, I'm not sure if Baines is going to be back for this one. I think he may still be out with it. He's back there, but yeah, look, I mean, I've got to say Perth will go over there and, and, and do the business there, but yeah, big game. Absolutely. Yep, I'll I'll agree with you there, but Perth, Perth will take that one, man, especially with what Brisbane's going through lately. All right, Cairns versus Adelaide. Um, I'm going to go Cairns. Cairns is going to be really buoyed by that victory against Sydney last night we just you know, spoke about, and really looking forward to that big man matchup between Robert Franks and Keanu Pinder. But, yeah, I'm going to go Cairns in a tight one. All right, maybe I'll come back to you here, Robbie, with New Zealand mm-hmm. versus Perth. So, okay, so they've, uh, they've let's just say they've, they've won against Brisbane. All right, and now yep. they're going to go across the Tasman. To New Zealand, uh, they're going to have to work hard to, to, to win that one. Yeah, it's a rare double sort of home game for the, the breakers there, which is interesting. But always, we're always happy to see them playing at home after the last couple of years. Um, I honestly don't see any way that Perth go over there and get a win with the way they're playing at the moment. I think um, uh, Derek Pardon will probably just eat them up a, alive, and you know Brantley's obviously playing well. They're such a, a deep team, New Zealand. So, look, if we beat Brisbane, I'd almost be happy with a one-one split for the weekend. Yep, awesome. Uh, next one, another throwdown. I mean, seems like we've had a throwdown every week for the last few weeks, right? But uh, yeah, Southeast Melbourne should take care of business there with Melbourne. Maybe I'll just quickly ask you guys what do you think about Melbourne. I mean, they're really struggling. Um, is there a way out of this hole for them to potentially make the playoffs this year? There is. Uh, it's it's called bubbles. It's DG43. Uh, we know what he can do. Uh, they need to find a way. To, to get him firing. I mean, there's there's lots of fingers being pointed at at, at different aspects around the team, but I'd, I'd love to see Dean Vickerman getting some plays going that really get Bubbles back into that groove because he's a world-class scorer when he gets going. And, you know, on any given night, they can surprise any team. They have that capability. It's just a matter of uh, finding that groove. Thanks, Mookie. What do you think of the new import, Robbie? Marcus Lee. Yeah. 
He looks all right. He can certainly throw him down, can't he? I think that'll probably be a pretty good matchup with him against Williams on the, you know, battling on the inside there. But I actually think this could be a really good game, probably one of the, the games I'm sort of most looking forward to, I guess. Um, who's won those last two? Is it South East has won both or is it 1-1 one, one in those last last two? Because you're right, it is the third time they've played, I think, recently. I'm, we'll get split up a little bit to each other. be the fourth one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's South East. But incidentally, do either of you guys know where the, the throwdown name came from? What no. is it? It's just a manufactured name, right? Manufactured name, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. got to be better than the Sunshine Stash, but <laughs> probably yeah, the worst name ever. Terrible, that one. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Okay, I'm going to be at this game on Sunday, Sydney versus Adelaide. Are you going to be there, Mook? Of course. All right, all right. Maybe we'll catch up, man. I'll hit yeah. you up, right? Absolutely. Do that. We, ta- we don't need to talk about this. We'll take a bit. Take care of I'd say you both be picking Sydney for that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're done. Hey, I might actually stay back for the Flames game afterwards as well, Moose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to try. I mean, my, my daughter would love to. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do it. I'll drop you a text, man, the night before and maybe catch up. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, Robbie, Brisbane, Tazzy. Yeah, look, I certainly enjoyed that Tazzy Melbourne game on the weekend there. So I'd say Tazzy will be too strong now. Obviously, they're getting healthy at the right time and Brisbane's kind of going the other way. But I like, obviously, Magno back, um, the snipers back as well. Really enjoying our, our boy Rashad Kelly, who was really handy in the game last week. So, yeah, I'd say Tazzy will be too strong for the Bullets there. And last game of the round, United versus Illawarra. Moots, I mean, both these teams are going to be desperate for that win, right? I I just hope Illawarra can, can get it. Uh, I mean, at, at some point, we forget how much talent there is on, on the court there. I mean, Tyler Harvey can take out games by himself, but it, it's it's going to be one of those games where, yeah, does a Tyler Harvey go off or does, does a Chris Golden go off? Yeah, so I just hope Illawarra can get one. Hey, shout out to Michael Fraser. He did look really good in his debut, right, for, for the yeah. Hawks. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Build the role. All right, thanks, guys. All right, I appreciate that, Woods. Well, look, obviously, pretty conscious of time there, so I don't want to keep you guys too long. But instead of doing a Hawks um, talk this week, we thought we'd do a Portland report um, in honour of our special guest here, Mookie. So I might take it away with a question for you, uh, mate. So um, as we mentioned, or I sort of should say at the time of recording, the Blazers are 11 and 9, so in a similar sort of record than our Hawks. Um, how have you seen the past sort of week or two going for them then? Yeah, that. They've had a couple of tough ones. I mean, um, we, we we lost to most recently to Brooklyn, uh, you know, by 111 to 97. And uh, that was one of those games where Brooklyn just had it all firing. We know what Brooklyn can do to teams. Uh, lost lost to Cleveland, another tough team. Lost to Milwaukee, another tough team. Uh, managed to get a, a tight one by three points over the Knicks, which, which is big. Uh, but it, it's been a tough little stretch for the Blazers in terms of being challenged against some some big teams, and uh, they're they're in a position on the ladder which is a bit better than what I'd expect them to be anyway. So losing those games against top teams, I'm not overly disappointed in. Uh, but being a Blazers fan, um, much as you know you've experienced in recent years being a Hawks fan, you're always in limbo. You always feel like we're we're gonna we're just aiming for a first round exit. And we're not going to get in the lottery. We're not going to get a great pick. So you're just hovering in that zone. And uh, it's it's uh, we're in that part of the season at the moment where Blazers are going to start taking one direction or the other. Are they going to be able to take a step up and build off these tough games against good teams? Or do we start the drop-off? 
Yeah, and I mean, like, look, the the, the surprising thing for me this 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 year has been the the, the play of, of Anthony, you know, Simmons, right? Simons, how do I say it? Yeah. I think, yeah, Simons, right? And and Grant as well. I mean, these guys have stepped up. Damian Lillard's um, been a bit up and down with his injuries, and these guys are absolutely tearing it up. And it wouldn't surprise me to see one of those guys, uh, you know, with an All Star selection. Well, yeah, Anthony Simons got that big contract in the offseason and a lot of people were questioning it. Uh, it was based largely on potential and based on the run he had last season when Dame was out. But uh, he, he's proving that he's worth it and he the potential is paying off and he'll hopefully be a mainstay for the Blazers for a long time. Uh, one guy I'm very happy to see do well is is Jeremy Grant. I, I have to say I didn't expect as much out of him as what the Blazers have actually gotten. He, uh, it's great to see him there after his dad was playing for the, the Blazers, Harvey Grant, all those years back, uh, and uh, to be alongside another... Harvey Grant, former teammate of Mookie Blaylock and Ricky Grice as well, I believe, in college. Yeah, yeah. And uh, soon to have um, Gary Payton Jr. there, a, a former competitor, a combatant of, of their dads were competing. competing. And, uh, I mean... Jeremy Grant's been doing more than what I expected him, that he's not just scoring. And uh, that was in Detroit. I saw him as just a guy who was getting up a lot of points in empty stats on, on a poor team. But uh, for him to come in and do what the Blazers have needed has been really impressive. And we've been lacking in that forward position for a long time. And going back to LaMarcus Aldridge days, and I, you know, when we had both Dame and CJ McCollum together and then Nurkic in the middle, it just felt like we needed a quality forward there, someone like an Aldridge, but to get a Jeremy Grant in has been great. Oh, so maybe to finish off this historic inaugural edition of the Portland Report there, Mookie, I um, just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the rookie Shaden Sharp there. Look, he really came out of the gates firing, didn't he? People were sort of talking about him as a potential rookie of the year chance, but I feel like he's really regressed of late. I think he's only scored maybe 11 points in his last five games with quite terrible field goal percentages and shooting percentages in general. Um, is it a bit early to, to hit the rookie wall? Any concerns with him at all? Yeah, he, he was always going to be a challenging one. I mean, coming out of Kentucky where he didn't actually play. And so it, it's a big call to draft a guy at number seven who hadn't uh, yet shown anything, uh, you know, but, you know, we, we've seen other people do that as well. But he, uh, he came in blaze of glory maybe surprising people came in with a bit of an adrenaline rush a rookie like him 19 years old there are always going to be these streaks and, and i think he'll come back with another good streak at some point too he did yeah have those great games early i think 20 points was was his high and then mm. um and he's he's battling at the moment and there's a whole range of things that a rookie goes through uh in the nba you know a lot of those things are living away from home and all the other stuff so um, I think he'll be be back, but um, it, it obviously was somewhat of a gamble. To when he went into when he was recruiting to college, he was third ranked in the country, I believe. Um, and to be recruited into a, a program like Kentucky, who were just putting faith in him coming back, I think after redshirting a season, was showed what type of player he can be. So look, he could be anything uh, down the track. Absolutely, no good stuff, Mickey. We well, appreciated that bit of a, a Portland report there. All right, fellas, well, it's that time of the show again where we do a bit of classic packs. I know our, our guest has been looking forward to that this week, and Woody's given me strict instructions not to try and steal all the answers there. So, Woods, what, are you, what have you got for us this week, mate? I've got the 94-95 upper deck. Oh, right. Nice. So let's do this. Like We've it. done these before, right, this, this year of upper deck? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah. yeah. I know we've done some of the earlier ones, but like 92, 93. 92, 93, 93, 94. I don't know if we have, actually. Yeah. So you can little... hear the noises there, Mookie. You can hear how authentic it is uh, when he's actually ripping open that crisp uh, pack, right? Foil. It's foil, right, this one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure uh, and we've got a, a little circular hologram on the back of each one. Oh. Is that right? We do. Oh. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good memory, good memory. Okay. All right. This is an easy one. Absolute legend, Hall of Famer, uh, one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Uh, played for the played for Philly, then Phoenix, then Houston. I'm talking about none other than the round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley. The Charles, exactly. What is that? An All NBA team? Yes, it's an All NBA team insert card, and as Mookie alluded to, that, uh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Okay, all right. You talk about the great centers of that generation. We can always say my favorite center, right? You know, the, the one that I like the most. From Jamaica. And I'm not oh, talking about Pat. Jamaica, Queens. I'm talking about Jamaica, Kingston. I'm talking about... Pat Ewing. We're to get the him all the man in history. <laughs> Patrick Ewing would sweat in the snow. <laughs> With those massive knee braces. Is that Shaq on him? Or? It is. Unless it's either it's either it's, could that say could be Terry Catledge, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that's Shout out to the West Indies. Shout out to the West Indies. They're here in Australia at the moment for the cricket. All right. <laughs> we are talking about player turned player agent. Okay. Probably he's so well educated. Yeah, you know, like he's um, Grant Hill? one of Michael Jordan's favorite teammates in the early days. Oh, but then when he went to Charlotte. Oh, yes. BJ Armstrong. Every faced assassin. Yep. Definitely. He shouldn't have yeah, said he's made a good, good post career for himself, hasn't yeah, he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he did very well after meeting me in Sydney at one of the NBA Jam sessions. I oh, think, really? I, I, think I remember that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dean Brown, was it that one, maybe? Or? Yeah, I think Buck Williams might yeah. have been that one as well. Yeah. yeah. Number 12 for the Boston Celtics. One of our, oh, your favorite player, one Ooh. of my favorite players of all time. Oh, I'm talking Nick. about the great man himself. That's another card I'm going to get from me next time. Oh, it still pains me to see that one a little bit, but yeah, that's a, that's a nice yeah. one. He looks pretty happy about being there, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I mean. That, that was pre or post Panathinaikos. That was post, I believe. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. We, we talk about, you know, White guys, you know, Andrew Canyon would love this guy as well. Shout out to Andrew Canyon. Milwaukee Bucks. Looks like he should be working at KPMG. Brad Lowhouse. Lowhouse. NBA Jam Specialist. (laughs) How good is that? (laughs) He was a good shooter, wasn't he, Big Brad? Yeah. Love random guys like that in NBA Jam. (laughs) Underrated this guy was, man. Just a scoring machine. Phoenix Suns. Then the LA Lakers. Number 23. Sabalos. Cedric Sabalos. Where's the, where's the blindfold? Was he, was he really blindfolded? That's a big question. <laughs> okay. We kind of forget about this guy, right? Played played for the LA Clippers alongside Tony Massenberg, Pooh Richardson. Oi okay. Loy Vaught. Oi, that's bad. Oi. Mookie is good, man. Yeah. Tell me, did he play for any other teams? I can't picture him on any other teams apart from the Clippers. 
I can't either. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you said he played for Sacramento or something, but I really don't I don't normally like looking it up, but I'm interested in yeah. one. I just can't picture it. Um, Late Miami. Oh, okay. He's played for played for a few, all for one year stint. So he played for Detroit, Dallas, and Washington. I cannot remember him playing for either of wow. those teams either. Wow. Only limited, only limited games. Yeah, about yeah. sixty games in total for those teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clippers man. Mm. All right, great college career for Sud. Carolina, I think he's a guard from the Bulls. I'm not talking about Alex. I'm talking about who? Number three. Three. No, I'm talking four. about Alex. The greatest, the highest point scorer in the 80s is Alex who? Oh, English. Jojo English. Wow, that's yeah. a random one. Yeah. Yes. All right, the greatest trash talker in the world, and I'm not talking about Sean Bruce. I'm talking about GP. I gave this to you last week. <laughs> GP. Man, GP and Patrick Ewing keep coming up each week with these, yeah. these cars, don't they? Okay, this, this white boy can flat-out ball. He's a good friend of Charles Barkley. He was on Dream Team 2, I think. Great three-point shooter. Thunder Dan. Ah, oh, Thunder Dan, yeah. Thunder Dan. Dan <laughs> I've got he to was... sign one of those jerseys somewhere. That boy. Good clues this week, boys. Good clues. Admit it, mm. right? Yeah, well. All right. I mentioned this guy earlier, all right? I talked about DMAC at the very start of the episode and how he's working alongside this guy oh, in Australia. Oh, Street. Sedale Street. Yeah. Iconic that I actually, ironic yeah. that I actually mentioned his name earlier in the show, right? Definitely. And finally, we talked about this guy. And, you know, this, these packs, you get the, the silver card, right? The one special card that was, like, silver out of the bunch. Um, and we, talk, yeah. we actually pulled this guy's card last week. I, I know you listened to the show last week, Mookie. All right? And we also spoke about his namesake having a great influence on Ben Simmons this, this, on this week's episode. I'm talking about none other than, none other than. Okay. Australian who had a great influence on, on Ben Simmons oh, we talked about today. Okay. Right? His um, namesake. Mills. Um, yeah, Terry oh, Mills. Terry Mills. Oh, yes. Jeez, a few replay players. The, uh, yeah. the stretch, the, the first stretch four. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or as uh, I think Jalen Rose called him, the uh, stretch mark. Yep. Yeah. 6'10. Six, 6'10. Ten, six, ten, nice. Terry Mills. Yeah. There was a few less cards in that pack you had last week. Was that I was 16 in that clear pack, right? There's only 12 yeah. in this pack, right? Yeah, 12 value. is a bit more the length. Yeah, definitely the value pack there. All right, boys, I really appreciate that. We'll sort of, we might start wrapping it up now and get to a bit of an outro. So, look, just wanted to really thank everyone for tuning into the show. Um, as I said, please make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just a reminder where we can be followed um, on Twitter, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, on Instagram, we're at throwback.hoops and our email address, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Woods, what about yourself for some shout outs? Yeah, so Patreon, just jump on. Um, thanks to all our uh, pledges who support us. Um, really appreciate it. You can just jump and look for Throwback Hoops. Um, and just, you know, we're going to do our end of year mailbag episode possibly this year, Robbie. So, yeah, yeah true. All our, all our audience just send in those questions like you did last year and we'll try and um, obviously tackle them. Uh, on that episode, so yeah, sounds cool. Well, look, Mookie, just wanted to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, obviously, we enjoyed having a bit of a, a lunch on that um, the gold medal day for the, the women's basketball this year. It's been both great to continue the relationship. Um, just wanted to see if you wanted to give a plug or let people know where they, they can either see or hear. Oh, uh, look, probably the best place is to follow me on Twitter at a stern warning, uh, and uh, everything kind of flows from there when it comes to. 
what I'm doing basketball wise. And hopefully we'll get the uh, sternwarning.com back happening at some point when I can find the time to resume writing. That'd be great. All right, Woods, I'll leave you with the final word. Go Kings. <laughs> Having you guys, I really appreciate it. Big fan of you guys, what you do and the way you uh, actually celebrate the culture in, in all realms of basketball, NBA, WNBL, NBL, NBL1, everything. Love it. Good yeah. work, guys. Right back you, at you. Mate. You good really people, look, it, We love you too, man. Look forward to catch up at a, at a game together. Obviously, I won't be wearing any King stuff, but I'll, I'll come and sort of watch the game with you guys. But All right. Well, look, just a big uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Uh, peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Peace.